Matthew chapter 19, verse 13, the Bible said this, Then were there brought unto him, unto Jesus. Then were there brought unto Jesus little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them. He laid his hands on those little children. Mark adds the fact that he not only laid his hands on them, but he prayed for them. And he blessed them. And then the word of God said in verse 15, And departed Fence, all right? So we have an illustration here in our Bible, an incident where some little children were brought to the Savior. And tonight I want to preach for just a little while on this thought right here, why our church tries to reach little children. Why our church, I'd like for every bus worker to sit up tonight and listen to this message. And it's not because it's my message and by any stretch of the imagination, but I am going to preach the Bible about this tonight. Why do we try to reach little children? What about our Sunday school teachers uh, that have these little children's classes? Many times maybe you get discouraged with it because it just seems like they're not getting it. Why are we trying to reach little children? What about our Christian school ministry? How many Christian school teachers are here tonight? Stand up, all the Christian school teachers, if you will, for just a moment. All right, good. Bless God, where's the rest of them out? All right, going to fire about a half a dozen in the morning around here. All right, y'all don't know of any Christian school teachers that's looking for a job, do you? Uh, Christian school teachers don't come to church, do they? Come on now. <laughs> I'm done mad about it and I ain't even started on this yet. Where, bless God, is all the school teachers at? Any, we'll find out in the morning, bless your heart, where they were at. Yeah, they'll come in all red say, preacher, <coughs> preacher. <coughs> and I, no, you sitting at home dipping snuffs, what you doing tonight? That's exactly right, and I called you out on it tonight, didn't I? You're in a mess. You're in a world of hurt now. You wasn't here. Anyway, that's a message for another time. But uh, what about that? Why do we have a Christian school? Well, I want to talk about tonight reaching little children. Let's pray. Father, bless your word tonight and help us from this text. I pray, and may our hearts, may our hearts be encouraged tonight in this matter of reaching little children. And may we understand why our church ought to be about the business of reaching little children. Would you help us tonight with this? And then, Lord, would you take this text, stick it in our hearts tonight. God, help us to rejoice when little children are born into God's family. Help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're a regular at our church, then one of the things that you are familiar with is the fact, the emphasis that we try to place uh, here at our church upon reaching little children. Now, when I say children, I'm talking about trying to reach children with the gospel. Obviously, just like most churches, we have a lot going on that involves uh, the, uh, uh, the opportunity to reach little children with the Word of God. Uh, for instance, we have Sunday school, just like many other churches do, and the emphasis of our Sunday school classes for little children is to teach them what the Word of God has to say. And every Sunday morning, while adults basically gather on this side of the building, with the exception of maybe a class or two here or there, hundreds of adults gather on this side of the building for Sunday school. I appreciate every adult that comes to 
Sunday school. But while the adults are sitting in their classes, there are hundreds and hundreds of other little children on the other side of the building in their own Sunday school classes. They're in classes. They're hearing lessons that are, that are geared toward their particular age groups. And then, of course, uh, you know, we have a, a, a lot going on in our Sunday school classes. We have other programs around here to try to reach children as well. We have preteen ministry that does things from time to time here at our church. And I think that's from the ages. Brother Josh, y'all forgive me this, but I think it goes from 9 to maybe 11 years old for the preteens. And they have activities because we want to keep them connected to the church. And then, of course, we have a teen ministry here uh, that endeavors to keep the teenagers involved. And, of course, you hear about the activities. Uh, when Brother Mark's talking about uh, going ice skating, I thought, well, that's a broken hit for me right there waiting to happen. But, uh, you know, thank God for activities for, uh, that are geared toward the teenagers to keep them connected to our church. And then, of course, we have Christian school ministry. We have about 250 kids in the Christian school that come to church here, even though the teachers don't. I'm glad the kids are here tonight. And God bless all you children, Christian school uh, children that are here. And please ask your teacher tomorrow when they come to, uh, when the, where were you at in church last night? I, I didn't see you in church last night. And then I'll follow up with that a little bit later and I'll ask them where they were at. But anyway, regardless of all that, uh, we have Christian school here and our church uh, pays money, uh, pumps money into the Christian school to keep the Christian school open. And we have children from the ages of uh, three all the way up through the 12th grade. Uh, and we want to get the Word of God into them as well. Every Tuesday morning right here in this, in this building, in this uh, room right here, we have uh, chapel services. And boy, we like to keep it hot in chapel. So we bring in preachers to preach to our teenagers. And then uh, right after we're done, the younger kids come in and they have chapel. And it's all about getting the Word of God into children. This is not to mention, I don't know how many bus routes we have, Brother David. I would say probably in the neighborhood of maybe uh, let's see, maybe 15, maybe 16 bus routes or let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, maybe 15, 14, 13, 14, 15 bus routes that we have that we run into all different counties around here. I know we go to uh, obviously to Forsyth County and Stokes County and Surrey County, maybe into the tip of Yakin County and uh, used to, maybe still do, maybe hit the corner of uh, Guilford County. And the whole purpose for all that is trying to reach children. Now, let me say this, we want to provide a way for children who have otherwise would have no way to come to church. We want to give them the opportunity to come to the house of God for the sole purpose of reaching them with the gospel. And our church puts hundreds of thousands of dollars every year into the bus ministry for the upkeep and gas and diesel. And then we feed them on the way to church. And then we provide a meal for them going back home from church. Periodically throughout the year, we'll do a big bus day and we'll try to, uh, you know, wrap it up and, and, and really try to uh, show our bus kids that we do care for them here at our church. So we spend tons of money every year on nothing around here other than just to reach children with the gospel. Now, why in the world would a church like ours invest hundreds of thousands of dollars every year in trying to reach little children? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. So I want to try to answer that tonight. Why, what are we doing here? Why is, hey, by the way, don't ever get tired of seeing little children get saved by the grace of God. 
May it never become just a matter of humdrum. May we not sit back in the pew and just yawn when a, a, a child comes through the baptistry that got saved off the church buses and they invited their mom and daddy here to, to watch them get baptized. May it never just be business as usual when children are getting saved in the house of God. It almost seems like in that day it's about all that's getting saved is children in the house of God. But thank God there are still some that are getting saved. And may we rejoice when we see little children get saved. I mean, listen, I've said this before, but when a little child gets saved, not only has a soul been saved, but if they'll live for God, a life has been saved. They'll never know uh, walking into a beer joint. They'll never know what it is to uh, pickle their liver with alcohol or fry their brains on bad drugs. And hopefully they'll never have to know what it's like to be married three or four or five times. They'll never know what it's like to be on, on patrol live on Saturday nights. They'll never have to ride in the back of a police car. If they'll give their heart to Jesus and give their life to Jesus, their whole life has been saved. And may we rejoice about that and praise God when little children get saved. Can I have an amen? So why do we try to reach little children? I have three things to say and then right after that I have six more things to say. I'll do it fast. Let me give you three reasons why we try to reach little children. Number one, we try to reach little children because children are, number one, precious to the Savior. They are precious to the Savior. That's one of the reasons why we try to reach little children. And I think that's proven to us right here in this text tonight. We're told about this one incident. And by the way, all uh, not all four, but three of the four gospel writers include this incident in the life of our Lord about these little children that were brought to Jesus. Uh, and, and Matthew and Mark and Luke all include this in their gospel writers. Now we're told there in verse number 15, then were there brought unto him little children. Now Mark Mark says they brought unto him little children. I think the they probably is a reference to the parents. And can I just stop and say that the greatest thing that any parent can ever do for their children is to bring them to Jesus. Can I have an amen? To live a life before those child that set forth an example that Jesus is real. He is, a, he is, a, he is the Savior. Uh, there could be no greater thing that you could ever do for your children than to get your children into the presence of Jesus. And by the way, I find it interesting that right after Jesus taught about the subject of divorce, look back up in Matthew 19, beginning in verse number 3, going all the way down through verse number 12, Jesus is given his teaching on the subject of divorce. So he's talking about divorce and he's telling us here in this text that uh, how important marriage is and how, if you want to look again back up in verse number four uh, of this text that he made them from the beginning male and female. Male and female. Can I, boy do I even need to say that, but male and female. And that was God's plan. And then he talks about the man leaving his father and his mother and cleaving to his wife and they twain shall become one flesh. And then he jumps on down here and he starts talking about divorce. And then right after this discourse on the subject of divorce, he starts talking about little children. Let me just say this, da uh, divorce always damages little children. Mamas and daddies ought to work hard to create and cultivate an environment of love and stability inside of their home if for no other reason for the sake of 
of the children. Now, I get it. Things happen. I understand that. Uh, maybe one or the other becomes unfaithful and things happen with all that. I understand all that. But let me just say this. Uh, to the best of our ability, you know the greatest thing you can ever do for your child, dear sir, is to love their mama in front of them. Can I have an amen? And ma'am, the best thing you can do for your children is to love their daddy in front of them and to show them and cultivate this environment of love and stability inside of the home for the sake of the children. You say, preacher, you just don't know who I'm married to. He's the biggest jerk that's ever lived. Or maybe you would say, boy, I tell you, preacher, you don't know about my wife. She's, bless your heart, preacher, she could sell ice cubes to an Eskimo in Alaska. She's so cold. I get all that. But can I tell you something? Bless your heart, the same God that put life back into the dead body of his boy by the name of Jesus and rose him from the dead. Jesus, that same God can help you to love your husband, ma'am. And that same God, sir, can help you to love your wife. Can I have an amen? He can do that. Boy, we need, you say, preacher, I, we just don't get, I get all that. I understand all that. You know what happened when you got married? Two sinners got married. I understand the rub involved in all that, but I'll tell you, there's a God in heaven that can help us to love our spouses. Can I have an amen? Jesus said we ought to love each other. One of the, in the great commandment, we're to love each other and love our neighbors as ourselves. If you can't love her like a wife, at least love her like a neighbor. Can I have an amen? If you can't love him like a, like a husband, then at least try to love him like a neighbor and maybe that'll cultivate. Maybe that'll get those fires burning and churning once again on the inside. And before long, if you'll just trust Jesus, friend, God can work. And God can help you to love that igloo. Amen. God can do that. And the greatest thing you can do for your children is to bring those children unto Jesus. The Bible said they brought unto him little children. And the Bible said, if you look there at verse 13, uh, verse 14, that when the, the, when the disciples saw that, they rebuked them. They rebuked them parents. Uh, you know, they probably said something to the fact, you know, uh, he's busy right now. Jesus is very busy. Uh, he don't have time to mess with these little babies. And I like, what, uh, I like what Mark said about it. Look what Mark said about Mark 14, 10 verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, when he saw what those disciples did that got mad and rebuked those parents for bringing those children to Jesus, the Bible said that he was much, he just wasn't displeased. He was much displeased. In fact, can I tell you this? I think he's downright mad about it. I think he was angry about it. He become indignant over the fact that these little children were being turned away from him. You know why? I'll tell you why. Children are precious to the Savior. There is something about children that causes uh, our God to love little children. And by the way, when they brought these little children to Jesus, it kind of clues me in on the fact that Jesus sure must have been a very personable, a very likable Savior. You know, he was not some kind of an angry Savior, deranged. Jesus was a joy to be around. Can I have an amen? Look at somebody out beside of you and say, Jesus was a joy to be around. I can't say that about you. <laughs> Jesus was a joy 
to be around. Yes, sir. Jesus was constantly being invited to things like weddings and suppers and special events. You know why? Not because he was some kind of a cosmic killjoy. Not because he was some kind of a religious turnoff. No, sir. He must have been a joy to be around. That's right. Being around Jesus is like opening a, 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 a window on a hot day and a cool breeze begins to blow. He was a breath of fresh air. And I'll tell you something. These little children knew that about Jesus. They wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. And by the way, you can't fool a little child. If they're loved, they'll know they're loved. If they're not wanted, they know that they're not wanted. And oh, how much our Savior loves little children. They're precious to him. I got thinking about this. Yes, you know, in our New Testament, in the four Gospels, Jesus did 35 recorded miracles in our four Gospels. 35 of them. And a lot of those miracles that Jesus did revolved around little children. And think about the children that Jesus healed while he was here on earth. Oh, his heart was tender toward little children. Boy, I'll tell you what, the devil was trying to destroy a lot of lives. Even back in that day, he was working on little children. But when those little children were brought into the presence of Jesus. There's just something about those little children and their situation that just caused the compassion and the love and the kindness of Jesus just to swell up in him. He performed many miracles around little children. In Mark chapter number 9, that daddy brought that boy to Jesus who was possessed with an unclean spirit. He had cast himself into the fire. His skin was scarred. No doubt his face was all uh, scarred up and, and maybe uh, it was all just... Um, whatever, you know, his face was disfigured because he had oftentimes cast himself into the fire and into the water. And uh, Jesus, this man said, Jesus, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't do anything for it. Jesus said to the man, bring him unto me. And before long, that little boy is in his right mind. He's on his way back home. You know why? I'll tell you why. Jesus loves the little children. He really does. What about the nobleman's son in John chapter 4? Jesus healed them. During the, what about the woman of Canaan, her daughter, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, and her daughter was, that was vexed by devil? We know in our New Testament that he raised two children back to life again. I'm talking about Jairus' daughter and the widow's son of Nain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus loves little children. What's the song say? Red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in his sight. Yes, Jesus loves the children children of the world. That's what the song said. It's sad indeed in our society, the way children are treated and abused. They're exploited for sexual profit. Uh, they're used in pornographic uh, uh, senses and, and uh, in areas of that nature. I'm telling you, it is sad the way little children are treated in our society today. So what we got to do is to show them the love of Jesus to reach out to them with the good news of the gospel and try to get them saved. You know why? I'll tell you why. Jesus loves little children. They're precious to the Savior. They really are. In fact, can I show you what Jesus said? Look across the page, Matthew chapter 18. Would you look there at verse number 6? And the Bible said this, But who shall, whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned. I'll tell you what Jesus said. Bless your heart, don't you mess with the little children. Can I have an amen? They're precious to the Savior. Here's another reason we try to reach little children. Not only are they precious to the Savior, but number two, they're prospects for salvation. They are prospects for salvation. Little children are pretty easy to win to Jesus. Now, adults aren't. 
Can I, can, am I right about that? Adults will argue with you. I've never had one little child ever argue with me when I tell them that they're a sinner. I've never had a, a little old child to uh, rebuke me about that. But I'll tell you, I've had plenty of adults say something like this. I'm not that bad. How dare you tell me that I'm a sinner? I'm doing the best I can. I'm a good moral person. I, I don't drink. I don't chew. I don't run with girls who do. I'm okay. Why dare you tell me? But not a little child. I've never had a little child to stand up and get back in my face and say, how dare you say that I'm a sinner? Their hearts are tender and pliable to the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are some people who think we ought not try to reach little children. There are some people who think, well, wait till they become adults and then try to get them saved. Look at me. That's too late. That is too late. Jesus said just the opposite. Again, back across Matthew chapter 18, Jesus didn't tell the little children to become adults in order to be saved. Jesus told the adults to become little children in order to be saved. Look over across the page at Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 3. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know something? There's something about a little child. You can reach them with the gospel uh, in, in, a, in a younger age, in a younger stage of their life, more so than you can Somebody own up in years. How many of y'all have ever heard of this? How many of y'all have ever heard of these Gallup polls? Have you ever heard of that before? Is it George Gallup and he conducts all kinds of polls? Well, can I tell you something tonight? Uh, this ain't a Gallup poll. This is a Gammons poll. So can I take a Gammons poll in this room tonight? How many people in this room uh, tonight got saved before you were at the age of 12 years old or 12 or younger? Would you stand up right now? Everybody, no, just stand up. You're not a Christian school teacher. They don't come to church. But thank y'all for coming tonight. So look at all these people in this room that got saved before they, at the age of 12 or younger. Can you believe that? Thank y'all and be seated. It's a, it's a, it's a gamut's poll. Now let me, let me ask a second question. Everybody in this room tonight that got saved when you were 65 or older, would you stand up? 65 or older. Anybody in here? Well, there's one. God bless you, brother. Brother, uh, There's one. How about 55 or older? You're 55 or older when you got saved. Would you stand? Perry, did you stand up too? There's another. So we got two. 55? All right, there's one 55. Uh, brother Jerry over there. Anybody else? All right, what about 45? You're 45 or older when you got saved. Boy, we're dwindling on down here, aren't we? Brother Harvey back there, and I ain't even sure he's saved. I'm kidding, Brother Harvey. Thank you. So what's that? Three, four? There's some more. There's a couple of more over there. So, I mean, all those folks got saved before they were 12 or before. And boy, I'm telling you, it dwindles on down when you get 45, 55, 65, 75, 85. Tells me, boy, we better reach them while they're young. Am I right about that? We better try to reach them while they're young. You see, the older they become the more complicated life becomes for them. 
And the devil begins to try to reach into their life and fill their heart with misery and pain. And uh, the older a person becomes, there's all the questions and the problems of life. Uh, their heart becomes harder and they become more distracted. And, and life becomes about making money and climbing ladders and relationships and parties. But we better get them while they're young. In fact, that's what the Bible said. Win them while they're young. Look at this verse right here, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. How many of y'all got this memorized? Remember now thy creator in the days of thy what? In the days of thy youth. Why? When the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, and thou shalt say, I have no, I have no pleasure in them. We all know what it is about, uh, uh, about uh, little children. Their hearts are movable. They're pliable. Uh, they're workable. But the longer, they, the older they become, the, uh, the more complicated things in life become for them, the harder their hearts get. We all know that. It's like cement. When you first pour cement and you can drive a pole in the middle of that, you can move that pole around. But when that cement sets up and it gets harder, it becomes more difficult till finally you won't even be able to move that pole. You know why? That old cement has become hard. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the way the human heart is. That's the reason you ought to get saved while you're young. Thank God these folks got saved 45, 55. What a miracle, and thank the Lord for that. Have you ever thought about this? Every day you put it off is one more day's sin you need to repent of and one less day you've got to repent in. That's why you ought to get saved while you're young. Can I have an amen? Remember now thy creator in the days. They're, they're prospects for salvation. Little children are. Let me show you one more verse. I'll get off of this, and I'll get where I'm going in a moment. Look at this verse. And Paul told Timothy, he said, that from a child, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture. That word he learned. His daddy was a Greek. Most people think his daddy wasn't even saved. Where'd he learn from a child the Holy Scriptures, which are able, which were able to make him wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ? Where'd he learn that at? I tell you, he had a mama and he had a grandma that sat him on the knee and told him about Jesus, and put the Word of God. He said, Timothy, from a child, where did he hear that at? You say, preacher, wait till they become adults so they can make up their own. No, sir, friend, get them while they're young. Get them. They're prospects for salvation. Then lastly, lastly, and then I got six points under this, so don't sit there and say, whoo, boy, Brother Tim was short tonight, because I ain't short. So watch this. They're, so they're precious to the Savior, the prospects for salvation. But then watch this. We ought to reach children because of their potential for service. Can I tell you something? You don't have to be 75 years old, graduate from five Bible colleges to be able to serve God. You know something? Little children, little children can serve God. I think about what Paul said to Timothy over there in 1 Timothy 4.12 when he said, Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. You know something, I got to thinking, I just went through my Bible and just got to going through the Bible and I went, here they are. I want to show you six things that children can do for God. So they're all going to be up here at one time. Bear with me. Number one, children can hear from God. Number two, children can give to God. Number three, children can fight for God. Number four, children can speak with God. Number five, children can rejoice in God. And number six, children can be used by God. 
I'm telling you, man, children can be used. God has a plan for the life of little children. So here we go. I'm going to be done with this. But let me take them one at a time. I'll give you an illustration. We'll be done. I'm talking about children being potential for service. Let's talk about that number one, that children can hear from God. Now, when I think about children that can hear from God, the, thing, the one that pops into my mind, mind is Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 4, here's what we read. The Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. Most people think Samuel was probably around 10 years old at this time. He's working there. His mamas took him up to the house of God, the tabernacle in Shiloh, and dropped him off. And his job, if you'll read on over in that 1 Samuel chapter 3 chapter, if you'll read on over about verse 10, 14, somewhere in there, his job was to open and shut the doors of the house of God every day. That's all that boy did. And one night he laid down and he went to sleep, and God said, Samuel, Samuel. And you know what that little boy said? Here, my Lord. I mean, children can hear from God. That's why you don't get discouraged when you're in Sunday school classes and you're up there teaching them. You'll never know what those little minds are absorbing as you, as you give it out to them. They may look like they're somewhere over in left field and totally disconnected, but you never know. You know why? I'll tell you why we ought to reach them. Because children can hear from God. Samuel did. Number two, watch this. Children can give to God. Now when I think about that one, I can't help but think about that little lad in John chapter number 6 when Jesus was there and there were 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. And Jesus said, all right now, don't send them away. Give them something to eat. And old Philip said, Lord, what in the world? It's going to take 200 penny worth of bread to feed this crowd. We ain't got enough money to, to send them away, Lord, into the villages. And Jesus said, what have y'all got here? And Andrew spoke up and said, well, there's a little boy running around here that his mama packed a lunch and, and it ain't nothing but just a few little old fishes and four or five crackers, Jesus said, bring it to me. And that little boy gave that day to Jesus that lunch and by the time they got done, not only had everybody ate till the full, they were all filled, the Bible said, and they took up 12 baskets of leftovers because one little old young'un gave what he had to Jesus. Amen. Teach them little youngins to give to the Lord. My wife said every time that Avery comes to church, first thing out of his mouth, I want my money. I want my money. And she's got a little change pouch and she gives him change. Sometimes he'll put it in and sometimes he'll put it in and then he'll take it back out. He's a little sinner. He's learning. Hey, he's giving more than some of y'all are. Especially Christian school teachers won't even come to church around here on Sunday night. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down right now? Where's the school teachers at around here? Anyway, children can give to God. Children can hear from God. Then what about this one? Children can fight for God. Now when I think about that, you probably already beat me there, but I, I can't help but think about little David. I mean, there's David and there's all the adults over yonder's Goliath, cussing, kicking dirt, throwing rocks, cussing God. Here comes that little old boy down there with a, two, two or three bags of Doritos and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some grilled cheese sandwiches that mama's fixed for them boys. He carried them down there to the fight. About that time, here comes that cussing giant out from the other side, and all the adults are hit out, scared to death. And there's that one little boy said, man, is there not a cause? 
Somebody shut him up. And then we read these words. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. And then we read this a few verses down. When Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, hey Abner, whose son? Whose son is this youth? Who's this little boy running around here? And he said, King, I, I, I have no idea. And then a few verses later it said this. And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David said, I'm a son of thy servant, Jesse. You know what that little boy did? He did what the adults wouldn't do. He took his stand for God. And I'll tell you something about little children. They can not only hear from God, they can not only give to God, but bless your heart, they'll fight for God when most of us adults will sit back because we're afraid. Then what about this? Children can speak with God. I mean, children can get a hold of God. I mean, if you want somebody to get a hold of God, get a child praying. It just seems like God has his ear tuned in to the prayers of little. They might be just as mean as a striped snake, but let them start praying. I mean, God in heaven. Sometimes I go to my grandson and say, will y'all help me pray about something? Uh, they can get a hold of a lot faster than some of us adults can get a hold of God. When I think about children speaking with God, I can't help but think about Daniel in Daniel chapter 1 when that king had issued that decree that ever, all the astrologers, you know, he'd had that dream and, man, he was puzzled about it. He, didn't, he couldn't remember, but, uh, man, he couldn't remember the dream, but he was upset about it. And then he said, brought in all the astrologers and the magicians and the soothsayers and said, all right, I've dreamed a dream, but I can't remember, but it's troubling me. What was my dream? And none of them. And he said, man, I'll tell you, we'll cut your head off. And Daniel over in chapter number two got him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, look, man, we got to get a hold of God. And those little old young'uns began to pray and God revealed to them that dream and not only the dream, but the interpretation of the dream. Don't you tell me children can't speak with God. Can I have an amen? They got the answer from God. And then what about this? Where am I at? Number next, children can rejoice in God. You remember over in the gospel of, is it Matthew? Uh, that verse over there, Matthew 21, 15, where the Bible said the chief priests and the scribes, Jesus has just ridden into town on a donkey and uh, the people have taken their coats off and strawed them in the way and they're waving palm branches. And then the Bible said he got off that donkey and he went to church. And when he got in the church, a bunch of little children there were praising God. Boy, you talk about that religious crowd made them mad. They were so ticked off about that. And then Jesus said this, Have you not read that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected? Hey, if we adults won't do it, maybe the children will. They can rejoice in God. And then I'm done, but children can be used by God. I think about being used by God. I think about Jeremiah. Well, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 4. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, Just a child. Just a child, and God is speaking to them. The word of the Lord came. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet. Hey, stick that in your pipe and smoke that one. Put that in your podcast, bless your heart. Figure that one out. God said, before you was even saved, I had a purpose. I believe God's got a purpose for our lives, don't you? And then he said this. Uh, Jeremiah said, Lord, but you don't understand. I I'm just a child. I cannot speak. I am just a child. And here's what God said. The Lord said unto me, Say not, I'm a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, that shalt thou speak. 
You know what? God can use little children. I, we used to think, you know, it used to seem like, and I agree, we used to think, man, if we could reach the kids, we can reach the family. And then we set that aside and said, okay, if we can reach the mama, we can reach the family. Then we set that aside. Then we said, man, a sure way to reach the family is to reach the daddy. And I believe that. If we can get a hold of daddy, we can get the whole family. If we can get a hold of mama, mama can work on daddy. We might get the family. But it don't seem like a whole lot of mamas and daddies are coming to Jesus today. But thank God for the little children who will. And our church tries to reach them because they're precious to the Savior. They're prospects for salvation and their potential for service. So don't get mad when we drop a cool half a million on trying to reach little children. You know why? I'll tell you why. Jesus loves little children. And if we can't get the adults, let's get the children. And if those children will live for God, ain't no telling what God might do with those precious children. He sure can't help a bunch of Christian school teachers that won't come to church. But he sure can help little children. Ah, let's pray. Father.